Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and you are listening to episode number 63. So what would you say is the best gift you could give any child in your life? I'm sure you can think of several material things, but today we're talking about lasting gifts. Everyone likes to be known as that good gift giver because the saying and the scripture is so true. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So what if you could give the gift of a joy-filled, long life? Corey and Lee will be discussing the commands that God gives in Deuteronomy 6, which when obeyed, results in all kinds of good and lasting gifts. But before we get into all that goodness, make sure you head over to our website, BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com, and click on the resources tab to access today's show notes. You'll also want to click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'd also love to pause here and ask you a favor. Could you take a second to find Bible to School on your Instagram and Facebook? Follow, like, and share our content. It really does expand our reach and help get the word out about this amazing program and podcast. Together, we can reach the nation's children with this good news of Jesus. So now, it's time to lean in and enjoy Lee and Corey's discussion on Deuteronomy 6 and loving God with all we've got. Well, hey, Corey Pennypacker, how are you today? Doing real well, Lee. Doing real well. So good to see you. I love October. I love the fall, Corey. Do you love the fall? It's my favorite season, actually. We lived in the South and there wasn't any fall at times. I love the South, but I did miss the colorful trees. It is so fun. We're like past the school supplies and the filling all all the forms for school. And we're finally in that routine that we've all been craving. I love this season, Corey. I do too. And it also means that Bible to School is already in motion and people are teaching kids about Jesus in the public school. And so our team is really, really excited about that. These are exciting days, Corey. And it feels like we're chasing a rolling ball here at Bible to School and here on the podcast that you can tell the children, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. We've had some great, great speakers and, and guests all year long. And we just taken a, a moment today. I asked you if we could talk about our foundational verse, you know, because we're always talking about God's word and how we can live and getting great ideas for our, our audience, for our listeners. But man, this verse, these verses really mean a lot to me and you too. So I'm, I'm excited to share it today with everybody. I'm so excited about that too. So if you have a Bible, we invite you to open it up with us or while you're listening, go ahead and listen. And Corey, before we read the verses, why don't you go ahead and set the scene for us for Deuteronomy chapter six, our theme verses kind of here on the podcast and at Bible to School. Tell us about what's happening before we jump into Deuteronomy. Yeah, so we have this amazing God who is our 
redeemer, our rescuer. We are basically slaves to sin. And I love in Deuteronomy how the Israelites, God's chosen people, they were slaves in Egypt. You know, and at this point in time, they were crying out for rescue. And God sent Moses to Pharaoh and, you know, to let my people go with all those supernatural plagues, the frogs, the gnats, the, you know, turning the Nile River into blood. I mean, and then the Passover that we still celebrate today, the Passover of the angel of death, which led to the final scene of them exiting Egypt and also slavery. And what I thought was interesting is, man, God sent all the provisions with them from Egypt. He, he even had, I read at one of the commentaries that the Egyptians even gave them their gold and their jewelry and everything. And that they used that for the temple later. So like he sent them with everything. Then God parted the Red Sea. So he rescued them and he rescued them again. It was, was what he does with us all the time. And th this is just not one miracle. It's a whole series of miracles. And then th these Israelites, God's chosen people, they were they were on this journey, Lee, and they were former slaves and they're just kind of lost. You know how they have this big to-do, this big event in their lives. And then they're like, now what? What What do we do? How do we live? Like, totally. And several generations, and you know this, several generations of Israelites lived in slavery. So they didn't know how to live. Somebody told them what to do every day. So our amazing God anticipated that and gave Moses the Ten Commandments that bedrock of how to live God's best. That's what we talk about in Bible to school. They help us. They're not laws or rules. They're, they're ways to live, to love God and, and have his best in our lives that he gave us. So we live as his people. And Jesus reinforced the, re the importance of these things. He summarized it and love God, love others, right? That's right. This is what's so amazing about Deuteronomy 6. And I'm talking a lot about this, Lee, but as you can tell, I'm very passionate about it is that the first thing God says after the Ten Commandments to the Israelites is about children, mm. about their children. I love that so much. I mean, I can just picture it with you. Here are all these people that have come out of slavery and now they've met their God all over again in such a huge way. And then they want to know how to live to please him and how to share this faith with their children. Boy, I'm excited to hear what's next. Well, this is what Deuteronomy 6 says. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Mm. Honestly, Lee, the beginning part of that is really pretty much overlooked a lot. But I think it's very interesting. He doesn't say, God didn't say hero parents. He said hero Israel. It was the whole community's job to make sure children knew who God was. Mm. Isn't that interesting? And as, as we have these listeners, these parents, these grandparents, these aunts and uncles, they are so important in, in kids' lives. I mean, can you understand that? I think that's so great because it really is what set them apart as God's people. I mean, they were Israel and this too, loving God with our whole heart and mind and soul and strength. That sets us apart as God's people now. Well, God, in the second part of that, he says, he tells them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. 
I mean, God is such a great teacher, clear and concise on what you're supposed to do, like and how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to do it with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. You're supposed to love the Lord your God. Not only that, he talks about these commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. And what he's saying is it has to be in our hearts. They need to be loving God themselves in their mind and their soul before they could authentically share it with children. And they're sharing it from their, out of their experience, not out of a book, but they're actually experiencing God. They're sharing who God is and giving it from their hearts. And I, I thought that was so interesting because, you know, kids, they know authenticity or not. Mm-hmm. It's like the breeding ground for hypocrisy if we aren't doing this ourselves. And boy, I don't know about you, Corey, but if there's anything my kids pick up on, it's when I'm being hypocritical. Yes. <laughs> they. Oh, yeah. They're like the police on that, aren't they? Totally. The next thing that he says is impress it upon your children. Tell the children, this is how you're supposed to live your life. This is God's best for you. That's our ministry. Our ministry is our children, our grandchildren, all the children around us. And they just reinforce all this stuff to their children. The community talks about it every day. It's not just one. It's all of us talking about it to the kids. And then they can Mm -hmm. absorb these truths through living them and sharing it with their children. So God has to kind of says, talk to your children about it. But when you talk to your children, Lee, do you kind of like say, oh, I've got to get my house in order too, right? Totally. So he really focuses not only the adults on God, he focuses the children on God, but he focuses the adults through the teaching of the children on God. So he really knows what he's doing in this very, very important time in the Israelites' history that they don't know how to live. And so he's telling them, and then he's telling them, tell your children. Corey, you know, I've heard the word impress over the years. And when I think about an impression, I think so much about something that's tender. But I've come to realize that you can leave an impression in one of two ways. The first is with brute force, right? Like you can make an impression of a quarter on something if you hit it really hard. Well, that's not how we want to impress faith on our children. The other way to leave an impression on our children is with steady pressure over time. And that, I think, is how God prescribes this leaving an impression thing of faith is this next sentence where it all plays out. He says, talk about it when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. I love that portion. And I love how we get to do that. It's all day long, using every opportunity to talk to them. Yeah, all your routines, when you get up and when you lay down and when you walk along the road. I mean, they were nomadic people. They were always walking along the road. (laughs) They were always out there. Honestly, it's when your kids are, when you talk about the morning, it's the first thing to get your mind going in the right direction, get it, get it set at the right place. And then, like you said, during the routines, talk about God. I mean, a lot of people ask me, well, how do you, how do you talk about God to your kids? You, know, you just look outside and say, wow, look at those beautiful leaves. God painted them. Just something as simple as that. I mean, it doesn't have to be a whole sermon or anything like that, but you interject God into every part of their life. And then the other part he talks about is when they lie down to sleep. I mean, kids are most captive at bedtime. Sometimes it's because they don't want to go to bed, so they want to talk more. <laughs> Did stalling. You do that? Yeah, stalling. <laughs> but I mean, that's pretty much the whole day. God's saying, teach your kids about me. Teach them by showing your love for him right in front of them. I love that so much. 
Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. Do we live close to where Jesus grew up? For those of us living in the United States, the answer is no. We don't live close to where Jesus grew up. Although there is a town called Nazareth in Pennsylvania. There's one in Kentucky. And there's even a Nazareth in the state of Texas. But Jesus grew up in the town called Nazareth, located in the present-day country of Israel. We love that our children are hungry to know all about Jesus, right down to learning where he grew up and imagining what his childhood would have been like there. Corey, my husband, Mike, is fascinating to go on a walk with. When we're out in the woods, he comes alive. It's kind of like going out with a Bible science answer man, you know, and he flips over a log and says, look under here, you guys, look at what God made, you know, and for the life of me, it's like this different tree, this is how you can know the leaves. Isn't God creative in this animal? Don't you hear these birds? And I'm always like fascinated and sometimes humbled because I'm not really an outdoorsy girl, but I think we get to do this in a thousand different ways, whether that's we're reading good books or we're cooking food and talking about how God provides or, I mean, I'm sure crafting too about God giving us minds to know and love him or even walking kids home from school, right? Right. It, it can take any form and any time of day. Basically, through these verses, God commands it. God commands it to impress this upon your children. But I also love what you said that he, in this this whole chapter, you, people usually stop there with this chapter, Lee, and, mm -hmm. and say, oh, press it upon your children. Got it. But he actually goes on and reinforces even more. So I would say, man, he promises he's going to be giving them the promised land. So it's not just, hey, here, learn about God. It's like, hey, he has all these promises for you. And he keeps his promise. It says this, when the words your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build. They're already made. Be careful. Do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of slavery. So all through that part of the chapter, he's talking about, yeah, fear the Lord. Do not follow other gods. He's reminding them that we, what he just said in the Ten Commandments. Don't we always have to keep reminding and reminding and reminding ourselves? I mean, do what is right in the sight of the Lord so it can go well with you. And then at the end of the chapter, I really love this because this is what we love to do at Bible to School all the time. And here, and you can tell the children too, we love to tell God stories. We love to tell, hey, this is what God did. And I think that really gives you a basis, a strong faith of, hey, look, I can go forward and not know what's going to happen because I look backward and God was faithful. And so this is what he did. He said, in the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of the laws, the regulations, and the case laws that the Lord our God commanded you? Tell them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our own eyes, the Lord performed great and awesome deeds of power against Egypt, Pharaoh, and his entire dynasty. But the Lord brought us out of there so he could bring us in, giving us the land that he swore to our ancestors. Yeah, remember way back when, when he swore back to the, to the ancestors that we were going to give up a promised land? Then the Lord commanded us to perform all these religious re regulations, revering the Lord our God, so that things would go well for us always, and we would continue to live as we're doing right now. What's more, 
we will be considered righteous if we are careful to do all these commandments before the Lord our God, just as he commanded us. Wow. I think of the quote of Ronald Reagan, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. In other words, we're never more than one generation away from people, kids not knowing God. Mm. It reminds me of that story in the Bible about King Josiah, who's father was wicked and his grandfather was wicked and the book of the law was lost for two generations. And then all of a sudden, Josiah has people cleaning out the temple and they find the book of the law. And Josiah, it just tears his robes and realize how off course they'd become, how his father and his grandfather had just let go of what God had said. Corey, it just, it's so frightening to think that we would let go of those truths and fail to impress them on our children. It just really seems like God's saying, this is the way you can keep this ball rolling until Christ's return. So true. And intentionality, they let go of things. Well, I don't think people intentionally let go of things. I think it's just happens, you know, that life pulls just apart kind of thing. But I tell you what, if you are intentional, if you are putting your children and in, in your grandchildren in church, and even if they aren't going to church, just talking to them about God when they get up, lie down and when they get up and when they walk along the road, you are following God's commands. In fact, even listen to this podcast, you are getting ideas on how to talk to your kids about God. So you are definitely becoming someone intentional so that the next generation will know who God is. I can't tell you how many times, Lee, that we hear during the week at Bible to School, who's God? I've never heard of him. Mm. I know. Does that break your heart? And in America, in all the, the most free country in the world with information flowing here and there, and kids don't know who God is. So this is this command is just near and dear to my heart. Deuteronomy 6 is something that I think everyone should look up and read in their quiet time tomorrow and really think about that through. Well, who are the children in your life and who needs to know who God is and how can we be intentional about telling them about him in every way and every part of life? I love that so much, Corey. You know, I was someplace recently and I met a girl who was here staying with exchange parents and she said to me, I didn't know at home that there was anybody that still believed in God. I've never met Ooh. another person who believed in God, but she had come into a Christian home with Christian host parents. And little by little, they were leaving an impression on her. And I said, well, well, what'd you think of tonight's message? And she said, there's such a difference in Christian people. They just are so lovely. And I, I mm. love that. Not only do we want to be lovely, but we want people to come to Saving Faith, especially our children. Yes, Lee, I totally agree. This is the best gift that we could give our kids and our grandkids or any kids in our circle. Corey, before we wrap up today, I really think it's appropriate to pray for our friends that are listening here at You Can't Tell the Children. Yes, I'd be honored to pray for them. Father God, Lord, I thank you so much for your word, for your commands, for your guidance in our lives, for you telling us how we should live, for you telling us that we should love you with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our soul. And Lord, we thank you that your son, Jesus Christ, came to free us, that we are not slaves, Lord, that, and that we have the Holy Spirit who keeps us out of bondage all during our walks. And 
Lord, how freeing it is to know that you're in control and that your Holy Spirit is with us through Jesus. Lord, help us to know how to tell the children. Help us to know how to teach them about your risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for this podcast. Thank you for all the ministries out there that do minister to children. Definitely, it is a, a mission field that, Lord, we were, where we we plant seeds, but we're planting seeds of the Word of God, Lord, and you're going to bring that to fruition. So, Lord, bless all those who work with children out there who have, who have influence on children. Lord, may they intentionally seek you and intentionally tell the children. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Corey and Lee zeroed in today on Deuteronomy 6, the theme for our podcast and really for all our lives. What a powerful message of loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, and strength to the point where we're talking about Him and His Word all the time and absolutely everywhere. But I just want you to stop for a second. Just listen. You listening to this right now. God wants you to hear these words and take them to heart. You're doing a great job. You, mom, who stops and helps your toddler when she has a temper tantrum in the middle of that grocery aisle. You, grandpa, when you go and cheer at your grandson's soccer game. You, Sunday school volunteer, when you change that diaper for a weary parent who now gets to receive a word from the Lord in church. You see, every little thing you do for someone else is being like Jesus. And it's following the command to love God and love others. So today, let's take a second to just rejoice in the ways you're already being obedient and ask for even more opportunities to give the children in your life the best gift, that gift of a long life walking in the ways of our Lord and Savior. But don't stop here. We would love to hear from you. Share with us how you're impressing God's word into the lives of the kids around you already. Go to our Facebook and Instagram pages and engage with us right there. You can also navigate to BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. And click on the Contact Us tab. Just reference this episode and tell us your story. Well, that's a wrap for today. But be sure to stop in here next week for some ukulele-inspired fun from our friend Fred McNaughton. Until then, enjoy your week and be encouraged. You do and you can tell the children in your life about Jesus.